0: Using life. The Kabbalah, as we know, uses language in a different way than that which we are used to. The great sages, with their perception of the upper worlds, needed to find a way to describe their attainments. So, relying on the fact that everything we experience in this physical world actually originates in the spiritual worlds, like branches coming from a tree, they used language with which we are familiar with in this world but applied it to their perceptions in the upper worlds. What this means is, when studying the Kabbalah, we always have to learn the spiritual definition of the word, rather than its usual everyday meaning. The word I want to look at today is the word life. Many of us ask the question, what is the purpose of our lives? In fact, it is with this question that Rabbi Ashlag opens his introduction to the study of the Ten Svirat. His question is clear enough, one we can all relate to. What is the point of our lives? Why do we live these number of years which cost us so dearly? We go through so much pain and suffering in order to complete them till their end. Who can really say that he enjoys his life? Or even more pointedly, Is there anyone who benefits from my life? He answers as follows. Scripture gives a solution to this obdurate riddle in the phrase, taste and see that God is good. Those people who fulfill Torah and Mitzvot in the correct way, that is, not for one's self-interest, but only for the sake of giving benefit to others and satisfaction to God, are those who taste the true taste of life. The clue to this answer is to understand what is meant by the word life. The word life in the Kabbalah actually refers to our connection with the Creator. Our physical life force draws its strength from this root, its source, which is our spiritual life, which is our connection with God. This is what animates us It gives us feelings, energy, enthusiasm, hope and healing. It gives us our conscience and it gives us our purpose. It brings us our happiness in a way that lasts. So the question that Rabbi Ashlag is actually answering is how do we get from a mere physical existence which is filled with pain and suffering to a life in the Kabbalistic sense? His answer refers us to the Torah and to the mitzvot. The Torah itself is considered as life as we see from this passage in Ethics of the Fathers. Great is Torah, for it gives life to those who practice it in this world and in the world to come. As the scripture states, for the words of the Torah are life to he who finds them and a healing to all his flesh. Proverbs chapter four verse twenty two. Nonetheless, this is still not easy to see. How can learning the Torah give me this when learning other wisdoms doesn't? What is special about the Torah? To answer this question, Rabbi Bauch Sholem HaLevi Ashlag, the firstborn son of Rabbi Yehudolev Ashlag, tells us that we need to ask ourselves why are we learning the Torah? Is it for information, knowledge, or is it for another purpose? What is the point of our study? The Talmud teaches us I created the evil inclination, I created the Torah as the healing spice. That is to say, the purpose for learning the Torah could be for knowledge, but it could also be as a means to deal with the evil inclination, or as Rabbi Ashlag calls it, the will to receive oneself alone. This is what separates us from the Creator. And this is what causes all the pain and suffering in the world. There are in fact two aspects to the Torah. One is the outer garments of the Torah, that is to say the intellectual content. The other aspect is the wearer of these garments. God himself is hidden in the Torah. However, this light of God is not accessible by study alone. Whether a person can come to the light of God that is hidden in the Torah Depends on his intention in learning it. If he's learning the Torah only for the sake of gaining more information or for any other purpose of the ego, then this light is hidden from him. The rabbis expressed this in a cryptic sentence believe the nations have wisdom, don't believe the nations have Torah. Within each of us, we have two aspects we have the soul known in the Kabbalah as the aspect of Israel within us, and we have the ego, or the will to receive for ourselves alone, called the nations. What this sentence is telling us is, yes, we can learn Torah for the sake of our ego, and yes, we will get knowledge. But Torah, in the aspect of life, we cannot get that via our ego. The Talmud further says that for those who practice the Torah in the right way, it is the drug of life, But for those who use it for themselves in the wrong way, it becomes the drug of death. So what is the right way to approach Torah? Rabbi Ashlag teaches that the correct approach is that every time we come to learn a piece of Torah, we need to remember why we're learning it. We need to make an intention that as a result of this learning, I will be closer to God, more able to overcome my will to receive, more able to be compassionate and kind. We learn so that the light that is in the Torah itself will illumine our soul and bring us to the good way. When we've reached this level of learning Torah for the sake of coming to affinity of form with God, then a new level opens up. That is, practicing Torah and mitzvot for the Torah's sake, for the Torah is the Torah of life. Rabbi Ashlag teaches us That inside the outer garments of the Torah is the wearer of the garments. Inside the Torah is concealed God Himself, and that is the life in the Torah. Scripture instructs us choose life. Choose the way to get out of the ego and come to a connection with God. Through the Torah, we are given the choice. This is what is written in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. Behold, I have set before you today life and good and death and evil. Inasmuch as I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to observe his commandments, his statutes and his ordinances, so that you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land to which you are coming to take possession of it. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. You shall choose life so that you and your offspring will live, to love the Lord your God, to listen to his voice, and to cleave to him. There is a beautiful Midrash on this piece of scripture. The Midrash are a collection of parables and stories which form part of the Old Torah. On the surface, they seem to be just simple stories, but in fact they are very deep, being another garment for the Torah And in their essence, they are not different from the Kabbalah itself. This is from the book Sifre on Deuteronomy. See, I put before you this day the blessing and the curse. According to what is said, I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Lest Israel should say, Since God has set before us two ways, the way of life and the way of death, let us go on whichever one we choose. But the scripture goes on to say, therefore choose life, in order that you and your children will live. This is like a person sitting at the crossroads. Before him are two different roads. One whose beginning is smooth, but its end is thorns. The other whose beginning is thorny, but whose end is smooth. He tells the passers-by, saying to them, you see this path? At its beginning it is smooth, but after a few paces you come out into thorns. You see, this path, at its beginning it's thorny, but if you go two or three p- paces in the thorns, you'll come out into a smooth way. In the same way, Moses told Israel, You see, the wicked, they succeed for the first two or three years in this world, but their latter end is to be pushed aside. As it is said, For there will be no future for an evil one, the lamp of the wicked will flicker. Proverbs chapter 24 And behold the tears of the oppressed, and they have no one to console them. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 They see the righteous, how they are sorry in this world for two or three years, but their latter end is in joy. As tis said, the end of a thing is better than its beginning, better the patient in spirit than the haughty in spirit. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 For I know the thoughts that I think about you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. From the book of Jeremiah. But the way of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines even brighter till the day is established. Proverbs chapter 4. Rabbi Yehoshua said, It is like a king who makes a feast and invites all the guests. His most beloved friend is amongst them. The friend wants to take a nice portion but he doesn't know which one to take. When the king sees that he does not know, he takes hold of his hand and places it over the nice portion and says, The Lord is my allotted portion and my cup. You guide my destiny. From Psalms. You have a person who's given this portion but's not happy with it. But Israel thank and praise that there is no portion as beautiful as theirs, and no inheritance like their inheritance, and no lot like their lot. So they give thanks and praise so much. And David says, portions have fallen to me in pleasant places, even the inheritance pleases me. From Psalms. And he says, I will bless the Lord who counseled me, even at night my conscience instructs me. When I came across this Midrash for the first time this week, it deeply moved me. It seemed to me there are two aspects in it. One, that we are given free choice, two roads to go down. But God is also like the king in the story. He is also our friend and gives us counsel. When we don't know which to choose, he stretches out his hand to us by giving us the Toa, taking us by the hand and telling us choose life. audio recording is brought to you from Nahorah School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudelev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahorah School online. Details at www.nahorahschool.com or www.nahorahpress.com.